you have a Bible with you, lovely one, whether King James or Amplified or uh, whichever of the versions you have, lift it above your head and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. See, I'm a doer of God's word and not just a hearer. Say today, I will be blessed because I will do God's word. Do you believe that? Then, Father, we pray today, grant us divine understanding in the knowledge of your will. Grant us the grace to be doers of your word and not just hearers. Influence my mind with intelligence of the Holy Spirit. So that every word that will proceed out of my mouth and every meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. We arrest every agent of hell that will divert truth today in the name of Jesus the Christ. And we pray for the uncommon supply of the spirit of understanding. Father, I give you thanks. I give you praise and I give you worship. For what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you will do, I say thank you in the name of Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. Oh, amen. Oh, amen. Let it be so. Amen. Our theme for this year, very wonderful theme, is the supernatural. The supernatural is our theme for this year. And we say when we speak of the supernatural, we are talking of a divine act of God that defies every scientific conclusions and make nonsense of every natural law. That is a supernatural. A divine act of God that makes nonsense of every scientific conclusions and that defies every natural law. We call that a supernatural act of God. Amen. It comes from God. It doesn't matter conclusions that scientists have come up with when God decides to move in a supernatural way, he makes nonsense of that act. I give you an example. Jesus Christ walking on water. Jesus Christ walking on water. The physicists have come out with their theories about water, about gravity, about everything, and about the simple fact that a human being cannot walk on water. You will sing, but Jesus Christ walked on water. He defied every natural law. He made nonsense of every scientific conclusion. That was a supernatural act. For Jesus Christ to take five loaves and two fishes and feed him over 20,000 people through that. It's a supernatural act of God because there is no way five loaves and two fishes could do that. But God did it. That is a supernatural act of God. For Jesus Christ to say to Lazarus, Lazarus, rise, come up here. Although the man had been dead for four days, it's a supernatural act of God. Amen. I said amen. amen. And we are saying that this year we should expect major, major supernatural interventions of God 
in our lives this year. We, we should expect God to move in the way that will make nonsense of every scientific conclu uh, conclusions, be it economics, be it whatever. God will do something that will make nonsense of what the scientists are saying and what natural laws are saying. And our key scripture is from the book of 2 Kings chapter 3, verse number 17 and 18. For that says the Lord, ye shall not see the wind, neither shall you see the rain yet. That valleys shall be filled with water. And this is but a light thing in the sight of God. Hallelujah. You will not see the wind, you will not see the rain, yet your valleys shall be filled with water. Yeah, I like this one. For thou shalt not, for thou seest the Lord, ye shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that your cattle and your animals may drink. Verse number 18 and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. And our focus has been on the last uh, sentence there. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. It means that in addition to the Father, God will fill your valleys. Although you did not see the rain and although you did not see the wind, God will go to the next level to do something very significant for you this year. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. Amen. I'm developing a sermon, the enemies of your progress, the enemies of your progress, the enemies of your blessing. And we'll be looking at various tribes that the children of Israel confronted and how they became enemies to the purpose of God for his covenant people and how God helped them defeat those enemies. you hear about the Amalekites and, and several other people, but today we are focusing on the Moabites. Uh, for the purposes of recap, Moabites or Moab, whose descendants were called the Moabite, he was a product of an incest between the daughter of Lord and her father, Lord. Bible said that when this young lady, herself and her sister, realized that they were growing old and there was no man to marry them, they conspired to do something that was evil in the sight of God. That is forcing their father to be drunk so they can go and sleep with their father. And out of that intercourse, a child will be produced. And they succeeded in doing that, having an intercourse with their own biological father, Lord. And out of that, a son was born. And the name of that son was called Moab. Amen. The name of that son was called Moab. And Moab literally means a product of the father. A product of the father or something that came out of my father. A product of the father or something that came out of my father. He named that child Moab. Hallelujah. And the descendants of Moab, we call them the Moabites. 
And when you read scripture, you realize that God, number one, frowned so much on that evil act to the extent that God dealt with the descendants of Moab or the Moabites in such uh, a drastic manner that will blow your mind. Number one, God gave warning to Israel that you should not have anything to do with the Moabite, although Moab and Abraham and the seed of Abraham, they were relatives. Because Lot happened to be the nephew of Abraham. So if Lot has a son, and truly speaking, Moab was a son of Lot. So if Lot has a son, there should be a relationship between Moab and Father Abraham, the covenant people of God. But if you're a good student of scripture, you realize that there had always been a kind of a conflict between Lot and the seed of Lot and the workers of Lot and the businesses of Lot against that of Abraham. Bible says that, and the shepherds of Lot were having conflict with the shepherds of Abraham. So Abraham came out and said to Lord, Lord, listen, look, look at the land. Take whichever part you want to take. And whatever is left, I will take it. Hallelujah. And when Lord did that, Bible said that then God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, lift up your eyes to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. As far as you can see, I, the Lord, I have given that land unto you. Abraham was a covenant son or a covenant child of the Most High. A covenant child of the Most High. The Moabite was born. One of the meaning of the Moabite is somebody who is short of the promised land. Short of the promised land. So close to the promised land, but yet they will not be able to enter into the promised land. Short of the promised land. The Moabite worshipped an idol. They worship an idol apart from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham and his descendants worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moab and his descendants decided to worship a foreign God. And there are a lot of things that that foreign God did to the descendants of Moab or did to the Moabites. Number one, that God caused a lot of destruction in the life of the Moabites, caused a lot of destruction in the life of the Moabites, and also made the Moabites an agent of destruction. Anytime God wants to do something great, the Moabites will stand against the covenant people of God and stop them from entering into the blessings that God has in store for their life, the Moabites. And they did this thing because of the God that they worship. That God brought about destruction. That God had the power to, to seduce and also subdue anything that has something to do with them. And that God also carried a third level of influence. And what that demonic influence does is that the minute you are getting close to the miracle that God has in store for your life, that God has a way of frustrating you and preventing you from entering into that blessing. Amen. The God that the Moabites worship, number one, is a God that produced destruction, 
Number two, it's a God that subdues anything that will bring progress to your life. Number three, it's a God that has the capacity to seduce you and get you away from God's purpose for your life. And number four, that evil spirit has the capacity to stop you from entering into the blessing and the grace that God has in store for your life. So, so you will plan something positive, something great. You've done everything you could do. Just about the time that you are entering into that blessing, that evil spirit has a way of frustrating you and stopping you from entering into that blessing. So when God, through the prophet, Elisha spoke to the covenant people of God, he said, let to me and Lord and your fathers, I wouldn't have done what I'm doing, but because of Jehoshaphat, because of the king, I'm going to do this thing for you. He said, go and say to the God of your fathers and your mothers, and then he literally insulted them, go and say to the God of your fathers and your mothers, but but, but but for this game, I wouldn't have done this. You will not see the wind, you will not see the rain, yet your valleys shall be filled with water. And the reason why I would do that is that I want your cattle to drink, I want your animals to drink, and I want you yourself to benefit from that. And brothers and sisters, you need to understand that in those days, their main line, they, they were agrarian kind of people. Their main line of business and progress has something to do with agricultural activities. They are either tilling the land or they are raising animals. So somebody's wealth is measured by how much cattle he has, how much oxen he has, how much sheep he has, how much goat he has, and so forth and so on. Read about the life of Job, for example, they measure his wealth by cattle and so forth and so on. And then some gold and even they measure your wealth by how many servants you have in your house. So when God said that your animals will drink, God was saying this miracle that I will perform in your life will bring blessings upon your business. It will bring a multiplying effect on your business. It will open a door for progress for you in the area of your business. Because when your animals begin to drink, Number one, it to prevent them from dying. Number two, when they begin to drink, they will be strong. They can eat, then they can produce. So he said, your animals will drink it. Your cattle will drink it. You yourself, you will drink it. This is but a small thing in the sight of the Lord. Listen, the Lord could have put a full stop there, and that would have been a full statement. Uh, I will do a miracle. Your animals will drink. This one will drink. This is but a small thing in the sight of the Lord. There could have been a big amen at that point. But the Lord went on to say that having done all these things, I will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. It means that there is something about the Moabite that can impeach the progress and the blessings and that level of supernatural manifestation you desire to see in your life. There is something about the Moabite that can hinder you from walking into that blessings you have for your life. And we are going to deal with the spirit of the Moabites. Thank God tomorrow we are starting our fasting and prayer. 
when you are going to deal with that spirit of the Moabite. Somebody said, well, well, praise be to God, Kaboshi and Makande Kakarismati. But the Bible says that you have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the dear son. And in Christ Jesus, you triumph over every activity of the enemy. That is true. But pause. Let me explain something to you. When you are delivered from the kingdom of darkness and you are translated into the kingdom of the dear son of God, it doesn't stop the devil from being who he is. What it does is that God gives you power, authority, and dominion over the activities of the devil. It doesn't mean you can go to sleep and still expect to win victory over the devil. It doesn't work like that. God has brought you to a place of divine advantage against the enemies, uh, against your enemies, and against the activities of the enemy. You have to rise up and exercise your authority to stop the devil from messing up with you. You see, that is an erroneous teaching being presented by the grace of this. I, I am a believer of the working of God's grace, but we need to understand grace does not mean laziness. Grace means that God is empowering you through grace to exercise authority over the activities of the enemy. Grace does not mean stop praying. Grace means exercise the authority that God has given you because of grace to support and to stop the operations of the enemy against your life. Grace does not mean don't fast again. Grace means energize yourself through fasting and exercise that authority that God has entrusted into your hand. If you go and sit down and fold your arm and say, Hey, by the grace of God, God has given me dominion over the powers of the enemy. And you don't exercise your authority in the name of grace, the devil will whip you although you are operating under grace. Amen. Is somebody hearing me today? Hallelujah. Grace gives you divine enablement so you can exercise authority over the works of the enemy. Grace gives you divine enablement to quote the word of a minister friend, so you can superimpose ecclesiastical authority on the maneuverings of the devil. Grace does not mean you are going on leave without doing anything against the works of the devil. The one who manifested grace, Bible says, and grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus. So Jesus is an open manifestation of grace and truth. But dear friend, when the devil stood up, Jesus rebuked him. When demons came up, Jesus dealt with them. When people were sick, Jesus rebuked sickness. When people were dead, Jesus called them back into life. When the storm was misbehaving, Jesus said, be still. So he exercised his authority. So for the fact that you walk under grace does not mean you should go to sleep. The devil will whip you big time with all the grace doctrines around your neck. We need to get that straight. He said, the Moabites, I will deliver the Moabites, or I've delivered the Moabites into your hands. The Moabites into your hands. Uh, something straight happened last night. I was saying to myself, 
uh, I, I was preparing and reflecting and working on my sermon. Then, then a brother sent me a WhatsApp. And, and when I look at the WhatsApp, I said, wow, it, it is the same Holy Spirit speaking. Amen. The Moabites. God specifically told Israel, don't have anything to do with the Moabites. And God said, Think generations down the road, no business with these Moabites. And when we talk about ten generations, theologically, they vary. People say that under the old year, generation is 100 years. Under the generation, whichever, whichever one you decide to pay. A generation, granted generation is 40 years. God said, 400 years down the road, the seed of Moab don't have anything to do with them. But these Moabites, they were a thorn in the flesh of the people of God. How many of you have ever heard about Balaam? Balaam, the false prophet. It was the Moabites who did it. They went in to pick a, a gentile false prophet by the name of Balaam to go and prophesy and curse the people of God. And God, by his divine operation, did something. Anytime Balaam opened his mouth to curse the people of God, God turned it into blessing. He wanted to curse them, but out of his mouth will flow blessing because God has made a declaration that those that he, the Lord, has blessed, no man can curse. But Moab, the Moabites, the people him to go and cash the people of God. And when they failed in that operation, guess what they did? They used seducing spirit, which is part of the spirit that the God, that the Moabites worship produced. Seducing spirits to move into the camp of the people of God for them to do two things. Number one, it forced the people of God to enter into idol worship. Instead of worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he turned their hearts from worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob into worshiping other gods. Because the Moabite knew that the strength of Israel lies in that covenant relationship that they had with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So the minute they turned their hearts away from the worshiping of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they will have an advantage over them. So that seducing spirit moved them from worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob into worshiping foreign gods, the Moabites. The Moabites. And the Moabites, they are operating today in the church. You made up your mind this year, I'm going to develop a high level relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with whom I have covenant through Jesus Christ. This year, my prayer life will change. This year, my dedication will change. This year, my commitment to the word will change. This year, I will never miss one meeting at church. This year, I will pay my tithe faithfully. This year, I will support the work of the kingdom. You made those vows on 31st of December that this year, I am going to deepen my covenant relationship with the God of Abraham, 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then through seducing spirit, the God of the Moabites will come in to seduce you. So instead of you worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he creates other gods for you to worship. The God of I am too busy to do anything for God. The God of this year, there are too many things I got to do. The God of today, I have to do that. The devil has a way of creating gods for you to worship. Anything that stands between you and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is an idol. And that is the first thing the spirit of the Moabites will do. And you got to check it. You got to check it. He will bring that in. Sometimes I keep on asking myself, what keeps you so busy that you can have one and half hours every Wednesday evening to come and listen to God's word? What keeps you so busy that you cannot have one and half hours every Friday evening to join the saints, to lift your voice before God in prayer. What keeps you so busy that when you wake up in the morning, you can't have time to talk to God and ask for his grace and leadership to guide you? What keeps you so busy? It's a seducing spirit. From the camp of the Moabites. Look at you. It works like that. Sometimes you say, that, oh, in those days, eh, those days, come on, come on, those days, the way we used to pray. Yet those days you used to pray, what happened? Seducing spirit. And God said, this year, he will deliver the Moabites into your hands. So do no more be able to seduce you and stop you from deepening your relationship with God. They'll give you idols to worship. They'll give you idols to worship. Ah, the idols of excuses. He'll give it to you to worship. So you won't have time for God. But I pray for you today. And I pray for you this year. That in the name of Jesus, you will not fall prey to the activities of that seducing spirit of the Moabites. He forced Israel to worship idols. Number two, seducing spirit, he seduced them to commit fornication. He seduced them to commit fornication. You know, nowadays we don't preach that in the church again. Ha. Ah. He seduced them to commit it. Fornication. Ah, what is fornication? Fornication is a sexual intercourse between two unmarried people. Did you hear that? And God said, don't do it. Because those who do it, they'll go to hell. Check it out. Nowadays, we are preparing people to enjoy a temporal blessing down here on earth and denying them of the opportunity to prepare themselves for a greater life beyond the blues. 
it has become so bad. It has become so bad. With 72% of Ghanaians going to church, you know part of the things they call, they call themselves MBA. You know what MBA means? Married but available. Well, I, I can't married but available. And you are talking about brilliant married men and women. And they sit in church Sunday mornings. And they pray in tongues Sunday mornings. They do it. And I believe, that I believe that that one, Andrew Crutch, wrote that song for them. It will never lose its power, but it reaches to the higher. But it doesn't matter what, the blood will cleanse me. Oh, yes, I believe in the power of the blood. But the last time I checked from the book of Hebrews, those who have tasted the giftings of God and have tasted of this heavenly blessing, you are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. If you continue in this way of life, there shall be no more. A time will come, you enter into spiritual apostasy. There shall be no more mercy for you. Seducing spirits. They seduce you. They tell you it is fine. The blood will speak. Uh, it is okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it is part of our culture. Oh, yes, I, it, it, it just wants. Do you know that it's been proven scientifically that anybody you have an intercourse with, Dr. Anda, you are the Buruzeo. I was reading that again. Anybody you have an intercourse with, whether spiritually or physically, there's a certain DNA arrangement, whatever it is between you and the person. Now, you can't follow everything you read on the net anyway, but, but there's that thing. So if you sleep with 10 men, you have that evil deposit on you. If physically it's not true, spiritually, you enter into evil covenants. Then you come and sit in church and you dance your way through. Stop it. Say to somebody, stop it. Amen. Say to somebody, do what? Stop it. It's a seducing spirit that is preventing you from entering into certain dimensions of blessings that God has for you. So God said, although I will do these miracles, I need to deliver the Moabites into your hands. Because if I don't do that, they will hinder you from walking into certain levels of blessings. So you come and fast and pray. And now these people are also acting the fool in the name of spirituality. So somebody sent something to me. 31st December. Do you know cutlass? The one we use in the village. Cutlass. The young one. And people have bought cutlass and they've tied Kojan. You know Kojan? 
on him and they are sitting on the floor. I recall 35. Everybody has cattle. They want to kill the devil. How ignorant can you be? How ignorant can you be? But also, you know the sad thing, you know the part that hates me. If you preach raw truth to these people, they won't listen to you. If you tell them truth in its purest truth, they will not listen to you. But bring cutlash, church, and give it to everybody. And say, this year, we will cut him and then put red band there on the camp. And then you see them educate them. Plenty. They are sharpening the cutlass 31st December to kill the devil from 1st January. That one they will believe. And when they finish, anybody who wants to kill 12 demons, 10,000 per demon, they will listen. If I come and say, tell a young lady, I want to build that thing. Can you give me some 50,000? So we do it. I will think about it. But if I come and say, I live away, and the sword is close to your neck, you write it. I don't understand people. I'm going to preach it all. Come on, Hini Shane, Usafu. Hini Daimumin Keshene. In Daimumin Keshene. Somebody gave me a key. You see the key. The old one. Key. You can't move where. You can't hear what. In Anoku and Mumomi. Ninkao Keminina. A Sani Ablesina Kume. Ninkao, yes. He keen. I look at the key. And I said, where is David on the key? He didn't know I was reading the He came over. In the Bible said that God will give me the keys of David. And this one, there's no David on it. So how do I open the door? So, so, so if you want to rob, you want to go and rob a mafia boss. Is that the way you say? Tell people you don't rob them. You are a thief. I, I laugh at him and I say, God, God bless you, young man. I just left him up. But seducing spirits, they are penetrated into the church at all fronts and all levels. It is the spirit of the Moabites. He released it against Israel. And you said in your Bible, anytime they entered, into that way of life, their enemies gain advantage over them. If the devil cannot win against you by attacking you directly, the devil will seduce you to do things that will let him gain advantage over your life. Can I say that again? If the devil cannot attack you directly to cause commotion, the devil will seduce you to do things that will let him gain advantage over your life. The spirit of the Moabites. It worked against them. And praise be to God, we will deal with these spirits. I said we will deal with these spirits. You didn't hear me. 
I said, we will deal with these spirits. In the name of Jesus, we will deal with them. I said, we will deal with these spirits. In the name of Jesus, God wants Israel don't have anything to do with these Moabites because of what they have done. Don't have anything to do with them. Actually, nowadays, truth is becoming so scarce in the body of Christ today because people don't want to hear truth. Don't deal with them. They will destroy your life and take away from you that which God has entrusted into your hands. And the Bible says, go to the book of Ruth, and the Bible says, for there was famine in the land of Judah. What's the name of the man? Uh, Elimech. Uh, the husband of Naomi. Bible said that he left the land of Judah and he went to the land of the Moabites. When God has told them, don't have anything to do with the Moabites. Because there was famine in the land of Judah, Bible said they left and went to the land of the Moabites to go and enjoy the peace and the prosperity of the Moabites. So he left. Dangerous things happened to him. The man died. Any time you walk away from the God with whom you have established the covenant in the midst of difficulties and move into the camp of the enemy trying to look for help, your dreams will die and the plans you have will die. Bible says the man died in the land of the Moabites. He died. He died. And he did not only die, but his seed also died. Oh, I wish I can have more time to be teaching. I've told you, I'm, I'm not going to teach you seven ways of becoming a billionaire. You already know how to do it, but I am going to show you how you can secure the blessings that God has given you and the many more blessings that he will bring to you through divine principles and supernatural order. He left the land of Judah to the land of the Moabites. He died. The man died. Two of his sons died. And guess what happened? He did not only move to the land of the Moabites with his wife, but his sons also married Moabites entered into a covenant with strange entities that God have warned them, don't go there. He got married. The two sons got married to two daughters from the land of Moab. And the Bible said that in the midst of that struggle, the man is dead. Two sons are dead. Naomi made up her mind, let me go back. I pray that before the end of this sermon, some of us will decide to go back. You will decide to go back. Bible said, and Naomi said, I am going back to the land of my fathers. 
And she said to Ruth, at my age, I cannot even give birth to another son for you to marry. And even if I give birth today, you'll be too old to marry that boy. So go back to the God of the Moabites. Bible said, Naomi entreated her not to go. But guess what Ruth said? Although she was a Moabite, she said, entreat me not to leave you. Because where you will go, there I will go. Where you will stay, there I will stay. Your God will be my God. And where you will die, there I will die. It was a prophetic move by Ruth. Saying that we have desired to pluck ourselves into a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our great-grandfather, Lot, decided to walk away from that God. And his children, Moab, decided to worship a strange God. But today I have come to the realization that that strange God only kills people. It killed my husband. It killed my father-in-law. It killed my brother-in-law. I have come to that realization. I'm not going to stay in the land of Moab again. I am going with you, Naomi, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and don't stop me from going. Your God shall be my God. Where you will die, there I will die. Your people shall be my people. Don't stop me from going. That day, there was trust transfer, covenant transfer, and a major move. Read your Bible. You will never hear about Jesus without hearing about Ruth. Without hearing about Ruth. You will never hear about Jesus without hearing about Ruth. But and when Ruth came to the land, there was a great man by the name of Boaz, a rich and a wealthy man, to cut the long story short. Naomi said, since you have decided uh, to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let me show you how to walk into the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is something we call covenant. Stay by the land of Moab, uh, Boaz. Stay at this side. When he finished harvesting, go and pick the leftover corn. Do this thing. This is the way to attract the blessings. Now that there is covenant transfer, let me show you how to do. And this is where a lot of our congregation members will miss it. You have come into that covenant relationship, but you need men who have understanding of the dynamics of God to show you how you can plug into that blessing. Amen. To get the long story short, Naomi and Ruth ended up getting married to a covenant child of the Most High. She got married. <laughs> he got married to somebody who walked away from grace 
into the land of the Moabites, and the man died. When she made up her mind, I am moving from the land of the Moabites into the land of my covenant, God said, I'm going to give you another marriage. This marriage will not die, but this marriage will produce babies. Some of us, God will have to kill certain spiritual relationships that you have. That is not of God. So God will marry you again into a new level of covenant that will produce uncommon blessings upon your life. God said, I, I, I have to kill those Moabite boys. I, I have to kill them and rule sins after the death of that Moabite God. You have made up your mind that you will serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am going to position you so you will get married again. This time not to a man that will die, but to a man that will project you to a higher level of uncommon blessings. Some things must have to die in order for certain things to live. Are you hearing me? Some things will have to die in order for certain things to live. Ah, I remember, but let's not remember. Maybe the day that Ruth's husband died. Oh, God. Oh God, oh God, how can you do this to me? My husband, my husband is there though. Oh God, I thought, oh God, help me, help me. She wanted to enter into a certain arrangement by her own programming. God said, I will kill him, I'll kill him. And when God killed him, God is, was waiting for the day Ruth will say that your God shall be my God and your people will be my people. And where you will die there, I will die. Where you will stay there, I will stay. The minute she made that prophetic declaration, God said that, Ruth, there's transference of trust from the God of the Moabites into the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Am I only, I'm not only bringing you in that, into that covenant, but I will also give you a husband in that covenant. And something will be produced out of that covenant. Read your Bible. Did Ruth ever have a child with those boys? Nope. With Moab, did he have a child, children? Think about it. Think about it. Did Ruth ever have a child with the, with, 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 uh, with the son of Naomi? No. But when he got married to Boaz, did he produce children? Yes. Because Naomi moved from Judah to the land of the Moabites reverse action and God said no you have to move from the land of the Moabites to the land of Judah then I'll bless you then I'll bless you some of you you must as a matter of necessity go before God during this fasting and prayer and say God there are certain things I need to move away from them there are certain things I need to bring an end to them. There are certain behaviors I need to stop them now. There are certain relationships I need to cut them off now. There are certain hidden maneuverings, activity. Nobody knows about it, but God does. I need to put an end to them. 
And there must be a trust transfer. And say, now, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be my God. When you come to that place, there will be a new marriage that will produce some new babies. Is somebody hearing me today? Am I being too deep? Am I being too deep? God said, I will deliver the Moabites into your hands. That must happen. That must happen. The chaskele business with God must cease and do it right. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Certain relationships must end. They must. They must. I said, they must. They must. And if you can trust God, God will help you kill those relationships. He will help you kill those relationships so there can be trust transfer. Your Boaz is waiting for you. God has prepared him for you. God wants to move you to a new realm. That the day they will mention about the genealogy of Jesus, by the time they talk about David, although you're a Moabite, your name will be mentioned there. Stand on your feet. My time is up.